everyone. Welcome to Relatively Sane. I am so excited for my guest today because I just adore him. I know everyone adores him, but like, there's just this, You, I feel like you have this connection with everyone, so it's a little annoying. No. But anyway, Ian Fidance is here. Let's, why don't you just say hi first? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me, Jessica. Uh, I'm, I'll always have you on anything I do, and you know that. You're the best. I'm, we're doing an audio recording and video, so some people will be listening to this, some people will be watching it, and some people will be doing both because they're stalkers. Yes. I'm stalking. itching my eye. There's a lot of things going on where if I'm itching or I'm, I have allergies. I don't have the V. Mm-hmm. I have allergies. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have two questions before we go any further. Explain yeah. to people why you're wearing a shirt that says Sigourney Weaver. Uh, well, I really love Ghostbusters and I really love the idea of being possessed by something else, mainly love because I'm addicted to it. So I really relate <laughs> to her character, Dana Barrett in Ghostbusters, but she's, uh, one of my favorite actresses and I pulled it out of my drawer to put it on because I'm waking up early. I'm showering. You I'm are? Showering. Yes, good. I'm trying to keep a normal schedule and not be in sweatpants all day. And uh, I'm really, really trying, Jessica. I think that's a very smart idea. And from you saying that, it actually motivates me to do that. Oh, and good. I think most people are waking up and throwing sweatpants on and just eating bread. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I made myself... I wanted to get up today and, and do, you know, th- I, let me tell you, this Corona is the best thing to happen to me. I'm getting up. I'm grocery shopping. I'm making breakfast. I've cut back on cigarettes. I'm only at three a day. What? I'm, yeah. That's I'm a big deal my for bike. you. Huge deal. Huge, Huge. deal. Yeah. How was, many packs? You were having like two packs a day, right? I was at a pack, pack and a half. And, uh, if I totally go cold turkey, you should, I guess, you should say it was 14 packs a I day was, just to make it sound better. <laughs> I was at a uh, 35 and a half. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, if I cut com- completely out of cigarettes, I get sick. So I got to smoke a little mm-hmm. to keep uh, it in my body so I don't get sick. Mm-hmm. And I've been taking my temperature every hour on the hour rectally. And so things. Uh, with what? <laughs> like a, a bat? Penis. Not- <laughs> <laughs> does, does it, does it, Henry, does it feel warm? Henry. Yeah. No, it's really I like. I think you have a temperature. In my, in my case, it's like. is burning up. In my case, it's like DeMarcus or Keyshawn. Yeah, I know. You're into that. I'm into the brothers. I know. I want to talk to you about all of this. Yeah. So, listen. First of all, Ian and I are very good friends. I mean, yes. I've had people on the podcast that I think are great and I respect, but uh, you're a friend, which is, I don't, I don't call everyone a friend. Um, tell people, let's talk about where you grew up. You grew up in Delaware. Yes. Wilmington, now, Delaware. How many siblings? None. Right. Only child. Only child. And the parents- golden child. I was the first boy born in my family on like either side. That so, is. Yeah, I was a little God boy. <laughs> so were you treated like that growing up? Uh, To a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, you know, and I think that's kind of what fucked me up later is that whole idea of like, 
never living up to whatever. And there was like jealousy with like my mom's side of the family because I got more attention from my grandparents than the other mm -hmm. one did. Like my grandfather was when I was younger, my cousin was six years older than me. And all I ever wanted her to do was love me. And she just never did. And uh, she was like, perfect straight A's varsity sports, whatever, whatever. And mm -hmm. I was like a really like wild kid. And so I, I was, my grandfather was holding me and he had my dog on the leash and my cousin was riding her bike. And almost at the same time the my cousin fell off her bike and the when he went to get her, he let go of the leash and the dog ran away and he rerouted to get the dog because he knew how upset <laughs> I would be. And my cousin's laying on the ground sobbing and he's like, yeah, she'll get over it. So that was kind of the dynamic. Yes. You know? And then you were blamed for that. Yes. yes. So your parents, did they have a good marriage? Were, were you like, was it a happy household? Yeah. I mean, I, I had like an idyllic childhood in the sense of, you know, my my dad went to work and would work overtime for us. And then he would come home and he was very like, strict and like when i come home you know uh we are spending time together and we're gonna eat together mm. and on the weekends there's no tv you're up in the morning for karate you know you get your homework done when you come home in the morning you're only allowed to watch you know like uh espn while you eat your breakfast you know and uh but i just have these memories of like him coming home and the door opening the dog running out me running into his arms all the neighborhood kids would come over and play football with us. And he would be like all time quarterback. His name was John and everybody loved John. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was just beloved by everyone. And uh, my mom was too. My mom still is to this day. And uh, it was a really, really nice childhood. And um, unfortunately my dad died when I was eight and that just put like a record screech on everything. Yeah. To oh, where so it just, hard. nobody came around the house anymore. Oh. family was just um completely disconnected we didn't see certain members of the family for like 15 years you know it was it was just like a, a mess it was a total mess so all that like stability and everything i had went away in like a heartbeat mm -hmm. um and uh you know being an only child it was very strange i had no one to be like hey mom's losing it huh yeah <laughs> Um, and as a boy, I would assume like, I don't know, this is generalizing, but I'm assuming that you weren't encouraged to like express yourself and go talk to other guys about it. I mean, you probably kept a ton to yourself. Well, I kept a ton to myself because a as a kid, you realize, oh, if I get upset, everyone around me cries, mm -hmm. that doesn't feel good. And then this weird thing i've tried to talk about it on stage but i, I it, it, like it's really tough that's why i admire you because you, you're so good at talking about like dark things and everything but it's like when you tell someone when some i never would tell anyone my dad was dead but mm -hmm. people would find out like where's your dad and be like oh he died oh my god i'm so sorry oh god oh that must have been and then i'm consoling you that's exactly oh my god i I think it's so, oh my God, my headphones just fell off. I think it's so interesting what you just <laughs> said. <laughs> it's so interesting to me because I have been talking about this for a couple of weeks now because as you know, and I talk about 
my daughter has heart disease. It's not good. It's bad. She needs more surgeries. And I always feel bad telling people that because of how sad they get. And I'm yeah. like, why am I worrying about everyone else when I'm the one who has to deal with it? But it is yeah. true. I'm like, they're like, she'll be okay, right? And I'm like, no, like she might not. I mean, she's okay right now. Yeah. But she has major problem. Well, it's just like a hole in the heart. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. She has major valve. She needs replacements. And so I get it so much. That must have been really frustrating. Well, yeah. You know, and and it wasn't, you know, like. My dad would write me a letter every day before he went to work. Oh. And I, I was born 30 days premature. I wasn't supposed to live. I was in an incubator for like a month. And uh, he wrote me a letter every single day I was in the hospital. And, you know, um, he loved my mom, but it was like so completely obvious that he, you know, she was kind of secondary to what, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. he and I had a really, really close relationship. And there was a lot of resentment there for a while um, with no fault of anyone's. And, you know, it took me a long time to really kind of understand the reaction to death and how it completely like. I mean, it's it's like a strike of lightning in the mm -hmm. ground, like it, it, it hits a tree and the tree will never be the same again. It splits. It's done. And that's what it is. And I had to, it took, I mean, it'll be 27 years in May, you know, so it took wow. over two decades for me to come to this realization of like dropping the resentment and the anger and the frustration and the pity and the sadness that ruled my life. Um, you know, and uh, I, I learned to forgive people in my life for leaving and for treating me the way they did. And uh, that's just what what it is, you know, and and truly the people do the best they can. I mean, yeah. it's very hard to understand that, especially yeah. when you're younger. But our parents, I always say, like, I have to look at what my parents came from and how they were treated and they, what they were yeah. taught, because you're clueless. Yeah. You don't even know what you're doing. Most people. No, when you I mean, my my grandmother. I grew up with a grandmother telling me not to touch myself because it makes a baby Jesus cry. Like that's the kind of information my mom was getting as I like know. a kid and an adult that was being like brought on to me, you know? So it's like, consider the source, you know, God bless yeah. my grandma. She just wanted me to, you know, I, and, and maybe she was telling me that because yeah, she did walk in on me watching spice channel jerking off a lot as a child. So a who knows? Man. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really grateful because my mom and I have gotten to a place where like, like we didn't talk for a while. It was, it was like a bad, bad. And, and that's like, like I'm very open and honest about everything. And that's like the one thing that I'm like, I, I'm, I can't, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it, but it, it, it was, it was a really difficult thing. And I'm just very grateful that you know, when I, I, I went home to surprise her at Christmas and we both cried and hugged each other and admitted for like the first time how truly fucked up our lives were and how we spent the entire time trying to prove to each other that it wasn't, you know. Right. You're in denial. Yeah. Oh, that whole that's thing. A of, dangerous thing. It's, it's OK. It's OK. It's People OK. I just I know it's families okay. where everything is not talked about a secret. 
people are in denial, you push it under the rug, and it just never goes away. I mean, it really, it'll just keep coming back until the day where you can yeah. decide to deal with it. Yeah, but in, in talking to my mom, we we talked about that day, mm-hmm. and we never talked about that. And I heard from wow. her perspective what she went through when she got that call and oh. having to go to the hospital. And it it really just, you know, my my heart, breaks for her and i'm just so grateful that our our relationship has gone to like a friendship level that has never existed before and that has only happened because of my rigorous honesty with her where i would hide things from her and she would hide things from me so honesty has played like a huge 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 role in the mending of the fabric of our relationship and i'm i'm just grateful for that you know for for whatever happened in the past I've spent my whole entire life obsessing about the past and now the things have been going so good for me. I found I'm obsessing about the future and that's stressing me out. And the hardest thing to do is to stay present Mm -hmm. and in gratitude for what's going on. So that's like something like my brain will be like, and I got to like grab it and put it back. You know, I deal with that constantly. It's exactly my story. Yeah. I don't think about the past too much. Mm-hmm. But I think about the future a lot, especially when I'm in fear and just it's very, very hard. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, so so you obviously the your father, the situation, it was sudden. Yeah. Um, He wasn't sick. That's oh, my God. I've dealt with it. I mean, not with a parent, but with a step sibling, yeah. with other things. It's just unreal when it happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, he left for work and he didn't come home. And it was a. It was like a freak accident and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's also a weird thing of like, you know, and I'm just now starting to talk about it on stage to make it like funny, but of like, it, it changes you so much that like, nobody really wants to be around the kid that wakes up with night terrors, you know, it kind of gets in the way of like your sleepovers, you know? Yeah. You know? Do you still deal with that, with night terrors and stuff like that? No, no. That that stopped. But it was just this constant fear of everyone around me dying. Like, to this day, to this day, I still, if my mom doesn't answer her phone, it goes to death, you know? And Mm -hmm. that has been, like, uh, something I I can't get over, you know? But, um, you know, it's it's just, and, and everything that I hated about, my life for so long i've gotten to a point where i can be thankful for like i can be thankful and and like i said my dad wrote me letters every day i have those they're sitting in my closet right now i and and i found his old journals when he was um 20 in his 20s so i i'm i've gotten to know him through death in a way that i wanted all my life of like i want to know this guy is like a dude is like who he is, who he was, not just like a father, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I have, and a lot of the music I listened to, I found mixtapes that he recorded records on and I would listen and then look up the lyrics and then get into that band. So it's, he's oh, had so cool. an everlasting yeah. effect on my life through death that uh, I know not many people have. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, and today I'm, I realize how fortunate I am. 
that's I understand, and it's uh, this is all because you've been doing a lot of work on yourself. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I mean that this is the only way you get to that point is if you do the work. It, it, there's no other way around it. So yeah. when you be, when when you were a teenager, I would assume that you acted out and started partying and doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that an understatement? <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, the first cigarette I smoked, I was like 11. Yeah. In my garage with my babysitter while we were watching Scream. Oh my God. Right. Like, I was such a bad kid. My mom would convince me to behave with the promise of a cigarette if I behaved well. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like if, if you're good at, you know, <laughs> if you're good at my boyfriend's family's house, I'll give you a cigarette afterwards. Do you talk about that on stage? That's hysterical. Uh, no, it's but I should. Oh, it's a great premise. Yeah. I've never heard that before. I, I don't know where to take it other than like the carrot on the stick was literally cancer. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Maybe that was the long con. Yeah, you were 11. She's like, I'll let you drive on the highway if you just smile at the next family event. (laughs) You know, if if you stay quiet during this dinner, I got a prostitute waiting for you at home. Now, I know your Uncle Joey has legitimately bought you Hustlers when you were in sixth grade, but I'll make it the real deal. I love that you said Hustlers. Oh, yeah. my great word. My uncle bought me Hustlers. It was nuts. Nuts. In sixth grade? Sixth grade. What? And this motherfucker used to run numbers for the mafia in Wilmington. And he would do these gambling numbers. And he got me involved to print out the numbers for him. Wow. my, My printer didn't work. And he got so fucked on money that he, like, relapsed, got drunk, and fucking took all his losing money <laughs> anger out on me. It was oh my god, mess. that's all you needed. Oh, I was I Jessica, I made such a cute little whipping post. It was just beautiful. <laughs> you know, it was great. Yeah, life is not easy. No, it's not. And and here's the thing I get stuck with, and I don't know if you can relate, but because life is such a fucking slog of just constant shit thrown your way yeah do you ever go well i know i'm getting shit thrown my way but some people get real stinky shit yeah and that's like like do you minimize your own experiences by going constantly well you know it's at least we have this and everyone else has it i know so much worse and is that good or does that make you not deal with everything head on and if you deal with it head on How do you not feel sorry for yourself? Both for me. There's times when I can only get through the day when I think, oh, my God, at least Isabella's alive. And I've seen kids die. I've seen horrible things. Yeah. Or at least I have had this in my career. And then there's times when I'm like, I just start thinking, my God, you've never you never even think about all this shit. And it's really on your mind and you're not dealing. You're just not looking at it or dealing with it. Yeah, it's very confusing. I don't know. I think it's just case by case. I really do. Yeah. But then but then you look at like paraplegics or quadriplegics that walk around. Well, they're not walking, but (laughs) you You see people with no legs running around and you're like, well, you see these no legged motherfuckers running. 
And you're like, how do they, I mean, are they just rolling around going, well, at least I have a nose, <laughs> you know, like. I think they do. How I do they stay grateful? I don't know. I'm telling you, sometimes the people in the worst shape are the most grateful, positive people. I know. A lot and that's of times. What I need to work on. I know. Well, maybe I need my legs taken away and then I'll just be grateful for the first time. I could just be like, well. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not easy. It's not. So what what so you started dealing doing drugs and dealing with things that way, which I did too around that age. Well, yeah. yeah. And then what about like because you say you're a love addict. I know th th I have to tell you one of my f reasons I respect you so much and really like really adored you from day 1 is how honest you are. Mm. Um because You've been with, have you ever been in a relationship with a man or just hooked up with men? Well, I had a secret, I wouldn't call it a relationship, but I had a secret sexual thing with a guy from like 11, 12 to like 24. Really? Yeah, but that was filled with a lot of Catholic guilt and like oh, yeah. the second we would come, it'd be like, get away from me, faggot, like <laughs> that kind of thing, you know? And, and I remember I would get drunk and be like, can I sleep over? Or I would call him like, baby. And he would be like, baby, I'm not fucking gay. And I'd be like, neither am I, dude. Ha, I, that's kidding. so common. Yeah, yeah. I know, you're like, can you hold me? And he's like, hold you. Suck yeah, my yeah. dick or get the fuck out. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Suck yeah. Suck it. No, don't yeah. hold me. Yeah, Bag I'm it. like blowing him and like, do you watch the football game? <laughs> straight things, you know? <laughs> Just too straight. You blow guy. him, and once he comes, you pound fist each other. I've done that at a glory hall on twenty first <laughs> and eighth. I didn't know what else to do to thank I the guy. That so place is open now. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Who the hell is hooking up on Grinder now? <sighs> a lot of people, but I'm telling you, people are going to go out of their minds being home and not having physical contact. And I, I don't know how you're eating, but I've eaten my furniture. I have to go to. <laughs> I'm going to have to go buy furniture after this whole thing is over. I'm not going to be even be able to fit in my house. I, I'm only going to be able to fit in like open spaces, like a foyer. <laughs> I can't stop eating. And I have been a norm. I mean, I've been a moose. Like when people can get sad or get upset about what I'm saying, but it's true. I have been where I could buy seven seatbelts on a plane. Not even two, <laughs> like two rows. <laughs> I have to buy two rolls. I can single and single pa single passenger pl passenger planes with Jessica Curson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I used to tell a funny story about once I did a tiny plane. It was the size of, of like a paper plane mm -hmm. to go to a college, and this fat. I don't care. You can judge. Don't send me a fucking letter. I can barely open my eyes at this point. <laughs> this fat <laughs> stewardess flight fucking attendant whatever they're called now what's the pc thing retard midget <laughs> okay this retarded midget comes up to me and she's like you want a crayon no i'm joking this um this <laughs> We represent the Helmet Club. Um, she 
had to walk. So, oh, my manager's phone is <laughs> ringing in his house. This is hello. He's he's like Jessica. You got to stop. You said retard midget. You gotta... <laughs> I know. Can you imagine he's calling down to be like, can you please not say that? I'm trying to get you work. So, uh, so she had to walk sideways. That's how heavy she was, which I do too in some houses in Queens because they're so narrow. But she had to walk sideways, and she literally there were, f- I think, five people on the plane. I'm talking. I don't know if you've ever been on one of those planes. They're the size of a Tonka truck. They're tiny. <laughs> she walks sideways, and she's like, "Do you have your seatbelt on?" <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, let me see. Can you believe she did that to me? It wasn't. It was. There was a foot in between. Yeah. The buckle and the whatever the <laughs> fuck it's called. <laughs> Not even like five inches. It was literally like this much room. I couldn't Ugh. get it. And she's like, show me. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, fuck you. You're fat. Why are you looking at? Why are you doing this to me? You know how it feels. You fucking house. So <laughs> she made me lift up my fucking jacket and it showed that. And she's like, I needed to check that. I'm, let me get you an extender. Like, <laughs> she this to me. who does that to someone who deals with the same thing? She was projecting in front of everyone. She was, was projecting. I'll never forget that. She was projecting. Yeah. I know. It's oh, I, I'm so I, it was sorry. So embarrassing. I mean, it's hilarious now. But oh, yeah. Embarrassing. So back to Dick. So you, you, what I love about you is how honest you are. I mean, it's one of the things. And that you talk about being bi. Now you're currently yeah. with a woman. The people are so dumb. Yeah. Okay. They just generalize. It's like, I just want to say before you explain this, I didn't come out for a while because I didn't want to be seen as a lesbian because I had been with guys too. Mm-hmm. And I, ne- I always said I, could ne- I can't say I would never be with a man again. Mm-hmm. I used to say this for years because I don't feel that way. I just couldn't yeah. fall in love with a man. Yeah. I could be sexual with a man. Well, you know, I. When did you it, realize that? I mean, like, when did you come to in your twenties? I no. I mean, Jessica, that's the, I. I really appreciate you saying the the thing about being honest, and I really try to live my life as honestly as possible, faults, whatever, because. I kept that so hidden for my entire life. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell anyone about it until I was 32. Wow. And uh, it totally was a thing I thought I would take to the grave mm-hmm. and I thought I would die and no one would know. And uh, it was a thing of like deep fear again of, you know, everyone left me when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Nobody showed up except for my oh. mom and like my my grandfather. And uh, I was so afraid of being left again. And I was so afraid of, you know, having this thing that I couldn't control be the thing that makes everyone go away. So I just kept it inside. I hate it. I didn't tell anyone, you know, Uh, friends in high school would take my cell or, you know, in college would take my cell phone and I would they they would do it as a prank just to see me flip out. Because I would uh, go, I was like the Tasmanian devil trying to get it back because I was yeah. so afraid they'd see another man's penis on my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I know. I was in a secret relationship with my first girlfriend for years, and it was horrific. Yeah. Horrific. I was not okay during that time. 
it's it's really tough. And so I try to be honest about it. And there's a balance between being honest and exploitative, you know, mm -hmm. but and and I think we all struggle with that, like with like, am I being honest and open about this or am I, you know, exploiting this aspect of my life? Blah, blah, blah. And, and that's whatever. But I found so much freedom in honesty. Like I said with my mom, when I told her she cried because she knew she said i always knew there was a sadness about you oh. and i could never figure it out and i had to act and behave in a way that was i always had the hottest girls i always you know was uh a fucking poon hound you know well see um, that's my thing i know some guys who fuck a different girl i mean not that that is what it is like just every day every other day like they're and a lot of times people will say i think they're gay or mm. i think they're bi and i'm like really mm. but they're so into women yeah well that's the thing i'm i'm so into women but i'm also into that instant gratification of the sexual act and everything it brings yeah, so i get it I am addicted to that feeling, whether it's with a woman, a man, mm -hmm. a trans woman, you know, mm -hmm. my hand. It's like I am addicted to that feeling. And also, you know, if you want to talk about honesty and, and being candid, I didn't find alcohol until later in life as a release to this feeling of the escape. But what I did find and I... I found the Spice Channel at my grandparents' house when I was eight, mm -hmm. like three weeks before my dad died. And I started masturbating. Mm -hmm. And when he died because of my Catholicism, I thought it was my fault. Oh, and that God I, was punishing oh God, me. That's so horrible, but I really understand it. But and I, is... couldn't, I couldn't tell anyone about it. Yeah, it's horrible. So, but I knew that the effect of what masturbating gave me made me forget and made me feel good. Mm -hmm. So I used masturbation as a kid and through adulthood as my drug and escape. Mm -hmm. So that set in motion my escape of like, find sex, find a release, find drugs, find alcohol, you know? And uh, that was really the thing that got me, like thank God for jerking off because it got me through to make me, I, I remember just being so depressed and jerking off just so I'd feel better for a second. And then you feel that shame, so you got to do it again. And as a Catholic growing up mm -hmm. and everyone telling you, well, your dad's with you now. These stupid motherfuckers, they would, I had an aunt that was like, he's in a better place now. I'm like, better place, bitch. We were supposed to go to baseball practice today. Yeah, like, what's fuck a better you? place? That's the dumb, I'm sorry, no offense, but that is the dumbest thing if it's a sudden thing that happened. What does it mean a better place? But but again, nobody knows. You don't, they know, don't what know what to say. don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. I deal with it constantly. And I I need to be more compassionate with that yeah. because people really don't know what to say, especially when you lose a parent or a kid or your kid what, is sick or your parent's sick or whatever. What what in your case, what do you say to a child in the hospital? It's horrific. It's horrific. Yeah. For it's um it's horrible. Yeah. It's now so it was easier tough. when she was a baby, but now she's four and a half. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, even like in May, she's supposed to have a nuclear test. So she has to be put under. I have to go in the room. I mean, pe again, people don't want to hear this, but this is what I have to do. I've had to do it many, many, many times. I have to yeah. cover myself. My wife has to cover herself in all the gear. 
mm-hmm. all the stuff and put a mask on her face and she's screaming. It's horrible. Now, horrible. is that there's not is that can... bec- is that because of her heart condition or because you guys are Hasidic? Well, we are Hasidic. We are. Um, we scissor through a sheet. Um, I actually started wearing a burqa, so I don't really know what I am right now. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Maybe I'll become, maybe I'll become Hasidic or Orthodox, and I'll just cover myself and live the laws and shame people. I don't I know. Mean, I don't know. I so I I I wanted to throw a joke in there. I'm sorry if it it put a snag. No, in the are you kidding? Conversation You're, now. My favorite thing to do is joke about shit like yeah. this. It's yeah. this is the best thing ever. So when Danielle and I were in the hospital, in the children's hospital, it's horrible when you're just sitting there at night in the waiting room. You have to sleep on dirty couch. I mean, it's everyone's just sitting there. Their kids are all in ICU. Stale coffee. Horrific. Stale coffee. Jello. The, the sounds. It's bi- that fucking Ian, beeping and booping. That was the worst. It's been the worst part every time. Eh, 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 eh. I, my anxiety is so insane during that time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, That's there was now, oh, oh yeah. it's horrible. And there were Orthodox women there that would sit with us. And on the on Shabbat, they'd have to have their breast pumps put on. And I'm Jewish, so they I couldn't do it. So they'd have Danielle turn their breast pumps on because she's not Jewish. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's just insane. That's ridiculous. Right. That's so she amazing. would, and then eventually she just started sucking their breasts and they didn't even use a pump. <laughs> and then she spit the milk into the baby's faces. <laughs> it's Shabbat. I can't turn it on. <laughs> I figured, why even use this? We should just have a dyke suck it out. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I get it. So you... The fact that you're honest about it, because there's so many guys and so many girls that are living a life and doing things where they think it's so shameful and they're afraid to tell the truth and it kills you. It kills you inside. What would you say to people? Like, what if someone says, what if someone said to you, I really want to tell people I'm living with this secret because secrets, you're only as sick as your secrets. I mean, we all have them, but you're only as sick as your secrets. Oh, yeah. So what would you tell someone to do? Like, what would be your advice to someone? I mean, I get messages so often. Tell and me people about that. What do people say after to you? shows? I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you get the same with how yeah. honest and open you are and how you take the darkest, most fucked up things and you make them funny and you level a room with your pain. And 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 I mean, like, you know, I, that seeing you work has just helped me so much to get to that level of like trying it to go for it and Mm -hmm. because you can see it's fucking possible you know and people come up to me and and you know it's so because of how secretive that conversation is you know they'll be like dude that was so funny can i talk to you and i'm like yeah what's up and they're like uh i you know i I blew my friend in in college, and um, if you tell anyone, I'll kill you. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but it's so good that they're even saying they probably yeah. never told anybody. Do you I realize mean, how amazing that is? I used to look up books in the library about psychology to see if other boys fooled around with boys when they were in grade school and oh. were like not gay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it is such a high rate of exploring your sexuality with, yeah other other boys 
other guys your age. And then it's this feeling of like, and I don't know where it comes from, this feeling of like shame and anger and disdain. And I feel like a lot of this conversation of like toxic masculinity and everything is truly just like, like anytime a guy gets rejected and he's like that fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bet she's a fucking lesbian. Oh, you know, it's them having to get that conquest of a woman or else they're gay because they did a gay thing when they were younger and they have to erase it. You know, like it's so like sad when I was younger and I would fool around with a guy mm -hmm. immediately. I had to go fuck a woman or be with a woman to undo the gayness. I would look at gay porn and right before I would come, I'd switch to straight porn. Wow. You fascinating. Know, so, it's fascinating. So it's, this, it's and and I know I'm not the only one. No, I know. I no, I'm not yeah. the only one. And I would say if this is your life, find someone that you're comfortable with. Find someone you can talk to and tell them, let it pour out of you and get to a point where you feel comfortable enough to to accept it. And then, you know, talk to your other friends and stuff about it. But it's OK, by the way, it's, it's really, OK. Like, it's it's so common. OK. It's OK. Yeah. I, that that is my mantra of literally what I say out loud all the time is it's OK. It's OK. You're here. It's okay. And like, because for so long, I thought it wasn't okay. I thought it wasn't fine. I thought mm -hmm. it was bad. I thought it was the wrong thing. And ever since I've been outwardly honest about it, my relationships have flourished. And yeah. I've had wonderful people gravitate towards me in the sense of like, just that idea of like being honest and living truthfully. Like, living you don't have the secrets, right? And 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 I feel so cheesy saying that because of how overdone that whole like I'm just living my truth, you know, has yeah, become. but it's real. I mean, I'm not saying you have to word it like that, but you, it is we real. are only as sick as our secrets. And again, yes. there's no judgment. I have them. You know, yes. the I'll eat and not tell anyone or whatever it is. Yes. And it, but it, there is a whole level of sexuality. I don't think people really understand that a lot of people that no. most of us are on some. Well, that that's what pisses me off, because everyone is shoving this idea that there's 47, 78 fucking genders that we all have to all of a sudden be like, yeah, I knew this all along. <laughs> Everything's fine. This is totally not weird. <laughs> but then to be like, well, I think there's like a spectrum of like gay to straight and i think we fall somewhere yeah, in the middle everybody people are like what are you a fucking faggot no right. yeah you, you either know. some people never have thought about it and some people some gay people i know have never thought of being with someone from the opposite sex literally ever but, but that that blows my mind because how can you not let your mind wander well like i, I get it how can I don't you know not be in I a locker some room people are just they're just Born, I mean, I know some people like our friend Danny Cohen. I don't think Danny's ever thought I want to be with a woman. I mean, it's just, and right. I can see it. He's never thought I want to be be with a woman, but he's never thought about like a woman naked. Probably. How do you, how do you not see people on the street and go, I wonder what they look like naked? Right. It's you know? just a curiosity thing, or I don't know, and and maybe yeah. I'm different because I've always been curious. I and, am like that too, and and I've always like wondered, and what is this like? What is that? 
And and again, like I've had to try everything to figure out I don't like it. That's just for better or worse. And I mean, yeah, I, I guess there are gay people or straight people that have never had those thoughts, but that just blows my mind that they've never like, but maybe I'm wrong for just sitting, reading a book and being like, I wonder what semen tastes like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know it goes to a sexual place. There's a lot of people like that. It's just, yeah. that's common too. Yeah. So, all right. So now you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. with a woman mm-hmm. which we did not expect i mean no. i had been talking to you through this whole thing and it's like <laughs> i know it's it's really blindsided me um and it i don't know man it's like uh something clicked and i think i think in my search and like acting out sexually i've wanted some form of companionship and it just hasn't like clicked Mm -hmm. and in having someone come over every night and a big part of this is my narcissism i never want to leave my apartment i want to go to work come home to my place if i have to go to your place in fucking harlem or like you know uh murray hill or something Mm -hmm. it ain't gonna work so if you come to like being in your own home yeah i i'm a habit you know creature a habit and this girl would come over every night when i was done work you know we get done our sets so late you're still fired up you want to hang you come home you want to work on your project so she would come over when she was done hanging with her friends not even drinking or going out to like a hookah bar because she's muslim and um you know uh she she's gorgeous yeah. I mean, beyond gorgeous. She's she ticks off every box. Yeah. For me, sexually, emotionally, but I didn't open myself up to that emotional thing and neither did she until after we found this like groove of like this weird routine. It was almost like a routine and I really kind of liked that. I lack routine in my life. Like I told you when I was younger my dad had a routine for me and the second he died that went out the window for better or worse. My mom was like, stay up and watch TV with me till 3 a.m. on a school night. I was like, all right, you know? Yeah. But I've craved routine and I fell into a weird routine with her where it wasn't a thing of, uh, so are you coming to my place? Are you ba 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 ba? It was just, she comes over, we have sex, we talk, obviously. And then in the morning, we have sex. She goes to work. I go to work. You know, I go to my coffee shop. I go to radio. I whatever. And it was the same thing every night. And I was like, huh, I kind of like that. And then once we dropped that emotional thing and was like, like, this is so lame. But after like a week or two of just this very like sexual thing, we were laying in bed. She's like, okay, so if I'm coming over every night, you're going to get to know me. What's your favorite color? And I was like, what? <laughs> And we just started like talking about stuff like that. And it just kind of went into this thing of like, and then one night she goes, "Uh, you know, we've been sleeping together for a while and you owe me some honesty. Have you fucked anyone else? And I was like, yeah, I did. And she goes, okay, you're never going to see me again, but just know we should have had a conversation about this. We didn't, we're not on the same page. And that's not what I'm looking for. And I was like, you little bitch. What are yeah, you? You, had, you didn't even know. 
no. So then I told her, I was like, well, good luck finding dick like this elsewhere. Ba-bam. <laughs> and she ended up, we ended up talking a couple days later. And uh, my whole thing of like, I want to do what I want. I want to fucking suck. That kind of went out the window and I kind of really want to be like monogamous. I So I panicked and was like, okay, come to a wedding with me in North Carolina. And she did. And she's been meeting all my friends and they love her. Oh, and I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah. And we traveled really well together. And it's like the second I opened myself up to like trying to get to know, because you know me, I was kind of into that other girl, mm-hmm. but that was so chaotic that that's the addict in me that seeks that chaos yes seeks that uncertainty it's hard to let that that, go yeah and and with Sahar, which is her name it's so uh wonderfully easy it's so comfortable and and like not hard which i think relationships shouldn't be hard Mm -hmm. within the first month of hanging out you know what i mean no not at all. People are like, oh, I just started dating. We're in the biggest fight. I'm like, are you kidding me? Bye. Yeah. Like, run. Yeah. Because it's but not going to get easier. I feel bad because, you know, um, I was so excited that I was, you know, going around town with this hot little number that I was like, hey, look how hot she is. And now she's my beloved. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have bragged about how hot she was oh, i feel that's okay that's like i betrayed thing. trust you know no, it's okay well that's one of my favorite things about you is because you're so much like a guy you yeah. get it you know i totally like, get I it i remember you were like god i want to see your fucking snatch and i was like <laughs> yeah yeah just well, hanging everyone out shows me pictures of uh, of the women all these male comics it's the yeah. best thing ever because i'm like they it's sterile not if don't worry i haven't seen a lot of your snatches yeah, well, it's funny because like, I don't show a lot, of, but you are yeah. who's like, Jess, you got, and like. Yeah, I saw an I, ass. I don't know. This is a nice ass. She's, she's hot. She's hot. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it, it was fun to share that with you because you were like, oh, I fucking love it. Uh, but <laughs> of course. I, was like, I mean, that's yeah. why I, I know. It's fun to have a girlfriend that, that yes. gets it. Yes. Yes. A lot of guys say that to me. It's, it's mm-hmm. true. I mean, I'm not a pig about it, but I just appreciate it and think like a man in certain ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I totally understand it. I, I understand every single thing you've said. It, it yeah. makes complete sense to me. But uh, on the other side of the coin, just because I'm in a relationship doesn't erase the fact that, yeah, I I, I do get off to, to men. I, I don't know okay. what it is in my right. brain. It doesn't matter. Meaning... I watch straight porn a lot. Like it doesn't, yeah. we don't have to label ourselves so much. Yes. It's okay. That's what, that's what pisses me off about the LGBT is that we shouldn't label ourselves. We should be free, but I am a non polyamorous generated computer. Yeah, but that's not LGBT. That's not, that's mental illness. Well, you can't keep adding different. It's just, I mean, you can if you want to, but I'm not listening. I, 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 <laughs> It's like, I get it. You can be whatever you want and I don't judge, but like every, it's like, it's become LGBT. I mean, all the comics joke about it. Q, yeah. P, R, C, like, and also give people a second to understand it. It's what you said in the beginning. Stop getting so aggressive yeah. and angry when people don't get it. Yeah. It's, it's, people need a second to understand things. Can I, and when can you I tell angry, you? It makes people defensive and not want to learn about it. Can I tell you? 
-hmm. We are in a global pandemic mm -hmm. under voluntary quarantine at, at a risk of, of death by breathing in someone else's air and people cannot grasp that the severity of life currently and they're going to beaches in Florida to go to spring break. How the fuck do you expect people to understand oh, don't even get me the idea of gender politics? Are you kidding me? I, I can't take it. Are you kidding I, me? I know. So, well, so I've always said people are dumb. I you can I don't care how upset you. Not everyone, but there's yeah. a lot of dumb people. We know I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but as you as as going on the road, flyover states, you're yes. like, <laughs> I know. It's not easy. It's yeah. not. A lot and of times, I'll just say to the audience, like, you're not. A lot of you are not going to get what I'm saying because you're you're dumb. You're dumb people. You are not going to understand, but it's okay. And I say I can't educate you in an hour. Like, I can't <laughs> give you years of fucking education in one hour. And, and what happens when you do that? You destroy because you're pulling out that thing that everyone knows. Oh, yeah, I am dumb. <laughs> yeah, the truth. Yeah. They all laugh because they know how stupid they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to be like that. It's I, I know. I, and I'm that's what makes you so great is because and, and I'm telling you, honestly, as your friend, seeing you do these things has been like so eye opening and, and everybody knows it of just how your, your honesty and vulnerability in that moment is so inspiring. It makes me strive to get to the point where I can do the same thing. You have been. That's why I have been. But that's why you're doing so well. And it's all honest. over. Yeah, you're going to die. But it's fine. It's fine. It's all for nothing. Yeah. I'm going to be able to headline anywhere. Did you? Can I tell you? Next weekend was my first uh, headlining weekend, and I was doing a string of headlining dates at clubs. Oh my god! Ian. And it's I all know. over. It's okay. <laughs> We're. <t> I've <laughs> spent 21 years on this business, and now I'm going to end up having to suck dick for a Cheeto. What jobs can we get? Where I have been, oh, Ian, I love how open and honest you are. Yeah, I get my dick sucked in a glory hole. Hey, can I work at your Chipotle? Well, maybe. <laughs> it maybe ain't gonna we'll happen. Start, maybe we'll start online comedy club. Like, shit, I don't know. We're gonna have to be creative. I don't know what we're gonna do. I wanna shoot a special in my living room to no one but you my should. cat and my tea kettle. That's, a, I love that. And, Did and you ever act, see Maria Bamford's special, just to her parents? I need to watch you it. You need to watch that. Yeah. You will freak out. I laughed yeah. so. It's just her parents in the living room with a piano player. Amazing. Amazing. It's so great. Yeah. It really is. I I, I believe in you. We're going to be okay. Yeah, for, I for, it's going to be fine. Yeah. I know it's going to come back. It's going to be a period of aggressive questioning and fear, mm -hmm. but... As someone, and you can relate, that has lived in fear, continues to live in fear. Yeah, what's it, the difference? Yeah. Something you can get over. It's just going to take a lot of uh, positive self-talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just go back to my childhood. Everything's fine. Everything's, Everything's fine. fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's all going to be okay. Oh, oh, my God, help me. Yeah. I, um...
I love you. Tell people where they can reach you online because your videos and your stuff, it's just, it's, can you give everyone the links and the, Oh, you're the best. Not the links that I, like 90. Yeah. Uh, can you give them your HTMLs <laughs> and your geo cities? <laughs> where can people find you on the world wide web? Uh, I animal on Instagram, like iPhone, but I animal, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, Ian for uh my merch i just put up a bunch of t-shirts and everything oh, great. uh yeah so i have those on sale uh i'm making videos i'm making a lot of things i'm gonna if if we don't get uh locked down with no travel in our apartment next week i'm getting a film crew into my apartment and i'm filming a special for no one um i think that's a brilliant idea i'm i'm really excited about it uh i'm gonna put out a patreon and I'm just going to try to keep it moving. I, I don't know what else to do, but I do know personally, I've been getting up in the morning, making phone calls, uh, trying to get some semblance of a schedule so I don't fall into that hole that we can very easily not climb out of. But I um, think you're right to do that. I'm going to do what you're doing. I think it's yeah. a very good idea. And I'm it's crying. crucial. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm actually kind of having fun with, making videos and stuff and uh like watching movies and kind of like making videos of that and everything so i have a bullhorn i'm gonna ride my bike and yell positive affirmations at people that's incredible can so, you film that yeah yeah that's so great yeah that's really really great yeah i i, I you should do it in a bikini <laughs> I should do it naked. Right now is the best time to do whatever you want because what are they going to take away? We already lost it all. I know. Yeah. I don't even have any shirts. <laughs> I've been eating my couch. That. <laughs> oh, I'm. You you think I'm joking? I've ate my. I've eat. I've ate. I've ate my. I ate my daughter's stuffed animals because I <laughs> was craving protein. I love you. I love you more. I'm so grateful that you did my podcast. Please, everyone, follow Ian. Ian Fidans. He's brilliant. So original. Your online contact. Contact. Oh, my God. Content. I'm sorry. I'm so hungry. My online. Your online. Oh, fuck. Your inline conception. <laughs> Wait, what's it called? Your online content is so great. So different. You're just a beautiful person. I hope people listen to this and really, um, I know a lot of you will get something out of this. And if it helps one person with anything they've dealt with, it was worth doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. And uh, please, again, follow Ian, Ian Finance. You're brilliant. Thank you again. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much.